um, in his documentary, I Can't Get You Out of My Head. It essentially Can't describes how. <laughs> it, it essentially describes how the uh, how the British. Oh, your love is all Thanks, thanks, thanks. Now it's there all day long today. If I didn't finish the lyrics, Steve, I would have gone insane. So thank you for that. <laughs> Welcome back to the Trilateral Troika. This is Steve, along with the other Steve. I'm the other Steve. <laughs> and Ryan. That was a that was a nice smooth one. It was. It, it um, yeah, you should save that. It almost sounded like the M1 the M1 Garant clip. Like when it, <laughs> you should save that for your gaffer reel when you apply for jobs and sound work. Listen to this. How smooth this is when I popped this uh, Bud Light hard soda. <laughs> I've had those. They're good. Uh, listen, not for nothing. The Bud Light Hard Cherry Cola tastes exactly like Cherry Coke. Without, like, if you put this in a Cherry Coke I'll bottle, I might just think it's flat. That's I'll, it. The uh, it's the bad. orange soda. The I'll orange soda is really good. Yeah, the orange soda is really good too. I love a Cherry Coke, bro. I'm not gonna lie to you. You should try this. If you can find the hard sodas, you should find the Cherry Cola one because it is identical, bro. The only one I don't like out of the pack is the uh, lime, like the one supposed to be like Sprite. It's not bad, I've, but no. I, yeah. I have four drinking days left in February, and then I'm uh, I'm actually gonna go on a cut diet because I well, want to I want to get ripped before I'm forty. Well, you got four days to get to Publix then. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was just fucking there too. God damn it. Steve wants to look like Matt Cardona without the uh, the PBR uh, endorsement. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, dude, I just I just one time I have two things. Before I'm forty two, my college loans are getting paid off. Come hell or high water. Even if I have to sell everything I own, I will pay them off. Okay, and then damn, before okay. before I turn forty, I just I want to like cut. I just want to get cut down. Just one time. I just want to see what it's like, what you go through, all that stuff, so that I can tell other people it's not worth it. You want to see how everybody looks at you and stares at you, and you're like, yeah, you know, you know, it just I, you know, took a lot of time and dedication. I am allegedly a Leo, <laughs> so yeah, allegedly, you know, because you know, uh, all that shit's made up. You know, you're not normally yeah, I, born under the right yeah. constellation. They just kind of make it up. Yeah, because the because it's not based on any actual like scientific tracking of the stars. So yeah, like you're actually really mad when the scientists point out like, well, actually, well, you're, you're actually not. a cancer. <laughs> you know, like fuck you, I'm a Sagittarius. I'll fuck you up. Yeah, I don't believe that uh, the date that I got squirted out has anything to do with my future whatsoever. It, it has to do with it, the it tides. Goes, <laughs> it, it goes back to our uh, our previous episode where we talked about how uh, the discrepancies in time. And how that if you actually go by the scientific record, there's only like maybe like five minutes of Six lost days time. in a year. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but what can happen in those five hours minutes? in a day? Slobodan Milosevic. Listen, I mean, I, that wasn't five minutes, five lost minutes. I could watch a porn, get off, and smoke a cigarette in five minutes. You could. <laughs> I want my five minutes back. Yeah, I, I kind of feel like, though, that, that smoking, you'd be furiously smoking it, like uh, Matthew McConaughey in True Detective. <laughs> the that cherries one, three that inches one long. <laughs> that, one, that one gift where he has just, like, the crazy eyes, like, that, yeah. that vacant look. He's, he's looking just, at the phone. Like, sucking down. Yeah. I only have, I, my my favorite time quote is, is pithy, and it'll totally change the flow of the conversation. It's Seneca, and it's just... People are frugal in guarding their personal property, but as soon as it comes to squandering time, they're wasteful on the one thing that it is their right to be stingy about. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's 
I mean, it's 100% true, though. You fucking throw time away like it's nothing, like it's garbage. Speaking of garbage. No idea. <laughs> Speaking of garbage. You can't get any more, dude. Today? We're talking about yeah, my beer. <laughs> I don't... Oh, I don't, don't want to start it that way, because uh, today we're going to be talking about, uh, or we're going to start a discussion of Patrice Lumumba. Oh, I thought you were say Patrice O'Neill. I thought you were going to say Patrice so O'Neill. I love Patrice O'Neill, by <laughs> well, the way. I was there for it. <laughs> my, so I got a Patrice O'Neill story. So one time, my brother, our, our number one listener, he was at a comedy bar, and he was with, with his chick, and he went and sat like in the front. And I was like, dude... This story's already going poorly. You're at uh-huh. a you're at a comedy bar and you sit in the front. What the fuck are you thinking? Yeah. And uh, so he sits in the front. And who gets on stage other than Patrice O'Neill? And Patrice O'Neill definitely fucks with the audience. Rest Probably in Bill peace. Burr. Yeah. And uh, he proceeds to just give my brother shit. Like you are the goofiest looking steroided up <laughs> motherfucker I ever seen like that, and it's just like Patrice, right? And my brother was totally a good sport about it. He laughed and stuff. At some point, he just looked at him. And he was like, "Come on, man!" Like that. And Patrice like backed off. Yeah, yeah. He's he's, he's just doing but, the Homer thing where he's watching, uh, yeah. like late night at the Improv or whatever. Now, white it's people like, it's are true. like this. <laughs> Black people it's are true. like this. It's true. Oh, it's funny because it's true. But. uh <laughs> No, my brother, uh, so funny. But, like, if you listen to, I don't know, there was some show that Patrice O'Neill, like, some, either a podcast or, like, a radio show that he was doing before he died. That is one of the most well-spoken, intelligent men I've Who's ever that, listened Patrice to O'Neill? that that was also a comedian. Yeah. Patrice, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, he he's incredible, smart. dude. Incredible. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. the other Patrice that we're talking about, what's his name? Uh, Patrice Lumumba. Patrice Lumumba. Okay. I fucking um, hate I've, Rumba. I've, I'm surprised because uh, uh, Patrice Lumumba was the first uh, leader of of the independent state of Congo. Oh fuck! This is not gonna um, be a fucking happy episode. Are we talking about like the Michael Crichton Congo? Uh, I I believe that did take place within uh, the area of the Congo Basin. Wait, really? Which is which is primarily the area of the Democratic Republic of Congo. So he was in charge um, of those diamonds that could kill the gorillas. Yes, and the uh, and the the white the white apes that uh, Amy didn't like. Oh God, no! Never seen um, the movie. Not going to. So, so the the modern day Democratic Republic of Congo, which comprises the the area we're talking about today, um, is the largest country in sub-Saharan Africa, and the the size of it is about um, uh, two billion. Uh, or, or 2,905,355 square miles. Okay. What does that mean to uh, me? How big it, is it? It's really big. Okay. Like, if you look at the center of Africa, that's pretty much the, the DRC. Okay. Um, wow. So we're talking, like, the, basically, like, the entirety of, like, the southeastern United States. Yeah. Or, or bigger. Um, cause okay. The, the depiction of Africa on the map, if you, like, look at, like... Africa accurately portrayed where you can fit like the United States inside of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's probably comprises about the same as like the entire Midwest of the United States. Wow. Lord. Okay. Um, so the Congo itself it has about uh, two hundred and fifty ethnic groups um, that 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 can be like distinguished and named. Um, the most numerous of them are the Luba, uh, Mongo, and uh, Bakongo peoples, um, and 
between these people, there are about 700 local languages and dialects that are spoken. Wow. Um, and uh, Are they mostly, similar in any way, or are they all distinct dialects? I, I believe they're all distinct in the same way, like with Chinese, where they say it's a dialect, mm-hmm. but it's not like the difference between someone in Boston and someone in Philadelphia. Yeah. I got you. Yeah, yeah, I got you. Um, so, uh, among these spoken, um, usually what bridges the gaps are... Uh, <laughs> Pock the <cock>. are th- <laughs> <laughs> Wicked, wicked lot of dialects. Kid, wicked. I'm not going to sit here and hear you d- d- talk bad about my people in their accent from up north. <laughs> Why do you okay? assume I'm talking bad about them? Because you sound wicked, uneducated, kid. You sound like <laughs> a fucking Philly trying to make a goddamn accent to somebody from Boston. Kid. No, hey, if, uh, I was from, if I was from Philadelphia, we'd be talking <laughs> a little bit more like this. Governor Rendell, Mayor Ed Rendell, John Street, John Street Mayor, very good. Get a good. water ice. You gotta go over re- Reader's Water Ice and go, over, water sa- ice. go over South Street and get yourself... Keep- I can't cannoli. believe Pete Rose not in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, you know, in the, in the morning, a lot of people they like sausage, but I I prefer scrapple. Oh my god, I like scrapple, although no. it does taste like you're eating uh, uh, meat that was chewed from a mother bird. Oh, it spit god. back in your mouth. It's disgusting. Enjoy that podcast. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's basically what our podcast is, right? Like Steve chews up a meal and spits it back in our listeners ears <laughs> i love it um due due to the belgian uh colonialism in the congo the the major language of of trade the the lingua franca if you will is french okay i'll uh, tell about it just say the and, major language of trade <laughs> yeah you'll kind of church it up <laughs> well well lingua franca literally means i got you uh, i got you <laughs> um and then uh within uh Sort of African language groups, they also use uh, King Congo, uh, Yaleta, uh, Tishaluba, uh, Swahili, and Lingala. How prevalent is the. King Congo? Sw- <laughs> is that what you said? Did you say King Congo? Uh, King Congo. Oh, King, King Congo, Congo Yaleta. Okay. How- I was like, that's incredibly fucking problematic, Steve. <laughs> how, uh, <laughs> how, how prevalent is Swahili? Because that's the only one uh, I was familiar I, with of that whole group. I believe it's mostly in the east because uh, okay. Swahili is is like mostly a, an eastern trade language in Africa. Got yeah. Uh, okay. Um, but but French, like most of the government things, are done in French. Um, so the uh, the Congo Free State was the original colony that was established in Central Africa. And it was privately owned by King Leopold II, oh, no. um, who was the king of the Belgians. Isn't oh, no. he uh, uh, the, the hand guy? Yes. He's one of and the worst what, people ever. Yeah, big piece and, of shit. And what Leopold had done was he had sort of convinced the international community that he was doing this as sort of like a humanitarian work. <laughs> um, that he attracted scientific and humanitarian backing <laughs> through what was called the International African Association, uh, which he formed during a Brussels Geograf- uh, Geographic Conference of Geographic Societies, Explorers, and Leaders in 1876. This is also like 37 years after uh, Belgium's independence was recognized from the Netherlands. Okay. Huh. Um, so Leopold used this association um, and a committee for studies of the Upper Congo uh, to claim most of uh, the Congo Basin for himself. Okay. And when I say that when King Leopold claimed this for himself, 
He didn't claim it for the Belgian state that he was the king of. He claimed it for himself personally. Okay. And he would create the International Association of the Congo as, as an organization to sort of go over this. Um, it was officially recognized by the Berlin Conference of 1884 to 1885 um, and various different governments in Europe. Um, and in May 29th, 1885, he named his colony the Congo Free State, um, and he would rule it as a dictator. Um, he himself would never actually visit his colonial holding. So, <laughs> so wait a minute. He's Jesus. like, hey, so uh, I'm the king, but uh, I'm not going to come visit. He's a fucking landlord. That's exactly what he is. He's yeah. a fucking landlord. Okay, he's, a, he's an errant, errant la- uh, landlord. He's a shitty landlord. The way he would operate his colony was he would use slave labor and, as mentioned earlier, uh, the mutilation of of hands of people who were seen to be uh, not cooperative enough um, in order to uh, manage the colony. So torture, yeah, and slave, yep. slave labor yeah. um, and torture. Let's use the correct words: they tortured people. Um, and he would um, he would use these natives to mainly uh, extract natural resources from the colony. Um, at this time, mainly rubber and ivory. Um, at this time, rubber is a big deal. Um, eventually, the French will corner the market in rubber through Vietnam mm-hmm. and and French Indochina, where they literally march uh, uh, Vietnamese people onto these plantations at gunpoint Jesus. in order to harvest um, rubber. Um, which uh, which is where the Michelin Company comes from. Oh, I give that, I give um, that whole conversation zero Michelin stars. <laughs> That's fucking so, so sad. His his rule is is so well, uh, I think so harsh. Isn't that like a? That's not even a uh, a crazy thing when you think about the fact that most of the the, the large companies that have existed for more than a hundred years probably come from extremely uh, disreputable origins. Yes, 100%. I would say. 100%. Yeah. I don't think there's a good company out there, to be entirely honest with you. Especially banks yeah. and shit. Yeah, there's no such thing as a, as a... And we're talking about like companies, like corporations. Like There's no such thing as a good one of those that started like salt-of-the-earth people that pulled themselves up by their bootstraps and built uh-huh. it on, on, on the little guy. No, fuck off. Like, we've, no only had, we've only had, quote-unquote, by the way, civil rights in this country for 50 years. Like... So yeah. if you go back longer on than paper. 50 exactly on paper and if that's why I quote unquoted and if you go on back more than 50 years you're not you, the odds of you starting badly are significantly increased <laughs> let's put it that yeah. way yeah um so his rule results in the deaths of between 5 to 10 million uh people Jesus Christ. Uh, we're not entirely sure of the the amount of deaths uh because for instance you know nobody's really counting this is just sort of an estimate. But it was between um, five for, and ten million people? Yeah. He and, must have been a communist there, brother. <laughs> and, like, for instance, Joseph Conrad, when he writes Heart of Darkness, this is mostly inspired about him working in the dockyards of, of England and just seeing these ships come in from the Congo Free State, where they they unload, like, ivory and all these other sort of material goods, and all they take on is essentially, like, ammunition, dynamite, like just just all these other sort of things, like like tools of oppression, essentially. I feel like this is that Star Wars meme with Padma and fucking Anakin, where it's like, oh, you're you got all this cool stuff from the Congo, you're gonna send them back money, right? Right? <laughs> <laughs> no, we're gonna send them guns so they can go take more shit because they're not buying it. Um, they're not trading for it. They're just taking it. That's called robbery. 
But this causes, like, for instance, because of, like, Heart of Darkness and other sort of, like, international uh, presses sort of noticing, like, what's going on there, this causes an uproar. And King Leopold II is forced to give up control of Congo to the, uh, to the Belgian government. Um, and in 1908, they create the Belgian Congo, uh, which is their their colony within the area of what is today the Democratic Republic of Congo. Okay. Uh, Belgium would rule the Congo through what was called a colonial trinity, which was comprised of the state, missionaries, and private companies. Sounds like a good way to start. Um, and most of what, how the how the Congo was sort of divided up was based upon. Um, the specialization of regions and and what sort of um, commercial items could be taken from them. So instead of regions within the Congo, which which I've already described as being an area that that comprised of all these diverse ethnic groups and languages, right. is essentially based on what resources can we take from these areas, and and then sort of just catering the design of these states within the Congo to the extraction of those resources. Oof. Right. Okay. So each area of the Congo is going to be specialized as to what they can extract for that area. Yes. Okay. I don't like it. I don't like um, it at all. Sounds like bullshit. Well, let's go. And the the state and these private enterprises become very closely linked. Um, and the state would, for instance, help the companies break up strikes and help remove uh, any barriers that might come up from the indigenous people uh, to their operations. Fuck. Why am I getting just flashes of Central America right now? God, why I don't know why that's hitting me in the in, in, in the United States being involved in that kind of shit of like, you know, corporations and and being strike breakers and damn, I don't know why. But okay. Maybe I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm seeing some parallels. Who knows? Parallels. Um <laughs> The the colony itself was divided uh hierarchically um between different administrative subdivisions. Um and it would be run uniformly according to a set quote unquote native policy. Mmm. Sounds ominous. What did the native policy say? Um, Natives are shit. (laughs) I think that's what it said, yeah. That's basically what it said. (laughs) So, with the British, uh, generally what the British would do when they came into a colony, and this is something that happens uh, time after time from everywhere from Ireland to to Malaysia, where they would find a a sort of ethnic group or subgroup or or any sort of group that they, that was sort of at odds with another group. And they would sort of set that group up to be like their guys. And this would be done not because they, they directly felt, you know, that these guys are the best, but just because they're like, we can get along best with these guys. And like the other people hate these people. So we can drive a wedge into any sort of independence movement. That's going to come up in this place. Is the native policy kind of like the Jewish question? Is that the kind of bullshit we're looking at here? Uh, not, not like that because the, the Jewish question essentially like, how do we get rid of these people? Okay. Uh, this is, this is mostly like, how do we keep control of these people without like, you know, having an actual occupation? Like, like, like literal how do, slavery, like, cause, like cause open ge- slavery. Yeah. Cause generally to have a military occupation to be successful, you have to have two, uh, two soldiers for every one person. Oh, God damn. Really? That sounds a lot like, uh, like I'm playing risk. Two to one for real? Yeah, it has, to, it has to sort of be like if you want absolute control of an area, you need about two to one in, in terms of uh, presence, which you can't really do in areas like this. Yeah, no. Um, and the French had a you similar policy. Though. 
of, of sort of like co-opting peoples and, and famously setting up uh, certain um, ethnic groups as being like uh, sort of above another ethnic group. Uh, for right. instance, in like for instance, the situation Rwanda is set up by the French. No, the situation uh, was on the Jersey Shore. <laughs> <laughs> Steve, I'm just Steve, I'll I'm have just, you know. I'm just trying to help you out, dude. You're fucking. I'll up. have you know that the situation is at large. I've heard this. Yeah, I oh keep my, my I keep my eyes peeled. So the French basically walked in and they were like. Oh, you're black. Go over there. You like your shit. Oh, you're you're white. Or, you're better than me. Yeah, I mean, you know, like you do. Or, or they're just sort of like <laughs> you know, fuck? like we like like the Tutsis and the Hutus. Like they would choose one over the other, and they're like, well, you're gonna get special rights. These other people, they're not gonna get special rights for any reason. And the, Was there any specific yeah, reason? Uh, mo- mostly because probably they could come to a more amenable uh, situation with the leaders. Was it skin color? Uh, it's not skin color. No. Uh, for instance, like Syria, like the reason why Syria is the way it is, because they're darker is because than English of, people. Is, is because of like how the French set it up. Okay, darker um, than the French. Fucking well, no, like they're like, <laughs> well, killing it. Well, you're 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 Christian and you're Alawite, so like we're gonna we're gonna favor like these people in different areas because if we if we sort of make these different ethnic and religious groups at different areas, like like sort of say like they're at different levels within society. Mm-hmm. It puts a wedge into any sort of uniformity that could go towards founding a nation. Right. So if you put a wedge between them, what is generally speaking the line that that wedge is? Is it, it, It's the skin color, isn't it? No, it's it's not always the skin color. It's usually uh, on, on some sort of ethnic or religious line. Okay. Okay. Um, like, like for instance, like the Hmong in in Vietnam, like the French favored them because they were they were sort of a minority, mm-hmm. and that they could almost sort of turn them into like like sort of like a Gurkha type people. Yeah, that that they could just sort of take uh, military aged men and turn them into like like they're sort of like enforcers. Mm, okay, okay. Um, and what the Belgians did is because you know Belgium is is not a very big country. Uh, they generally favored like a system of indirect rule, where they would sort of set up um, uh, petty like tyrants uh, within the local groups to, to sort of manage things and sort of back them up. Okay. Okay. Um, and and this is sort of like that that it, in sort of like a corruption sense. They're sort of like they found a guy. He's the local leader. They're they're gonna give this guy some kickbacks or whatever, so that he he like toes their line. Wait, we're talking about Afghanistan, right? Yeah. <laughs> Um, so there, there, uh, a British documentarian, Adam Curtis, um, does, does a bit about this, um, in his documentary, I can't get you out of my head. It essentially can't describes how, my- <laughs> it, it essentially describes how the, uh, how the British, Boy, love uh, <laughs> <laughs> thanks, thanks, thanks. Now it's there all day long today. If I didn't finish the lyrics, Steve, I would have gone insane. <laughs> so thank you for that. That the, uh, that the British, um, and, and other European powers sort of look back to their own past because these conservatives, as I mentioned before, like they idealize the past where you sort of had. Is that what like, they do? Conservatives. That, yeah. That's yeah. Exactly. What censored, they do. Censored, I'm, I'm censored for my for my conservative views. What's that? Lower taxes? Nah. Yeah. What, I like. What uh, I used to do that, which is kind of like a weird move, but I used to do that to people when I was at work when they would get in the arguments because I was like, I'm not going to debate the points of this argument with you, but I'm going to ask you. 
what does conservative mean? Yeah. <laughs> they would just like start looking it up, and they're like, well, that's what it says in the dictionary, but that's not really. And I'm like, no, no, no. Oh, you're yeah, doing I it want, again. I want the spirit you're doing of it again. Not the letter. Yeah, <laughs> you're doing give me the spirit it. of it. What does conservative mean? <laughs> you're doing it but again. It, but it sort of goes back to this, like. They want like a strongman ruler, right. like sort of like a lord or or somebody else who they leads, want a war daddy who rules over the people. War so, daddy. That's that's what it's called. Like, they want a war daddy. They don't have to like, do anything, and then somebody takes care of their problems for them. The war even, daddy. Even even though they didn't set up Saudi Arabia, like Saudi Arabia is like the ideal of like what these like military thinkers and what these sort of like colonial architects like want from a local people. Because because they themselves want to want to sort of like bring about this type of rule in their home country, which we sort of see in France, you know, with the Vichy mm-hmm. government, yeah. is that they want like a strong man to take control because they believe, you know, that all this talk of like human rights, human decency, um, the specter of socialism. What about French rights? <laughs> That's basically what it is. Right? I mean, yes. Um, I feel like but. But during this, this sort of, like, area um, and, and time period, uh, Patrice Lumumba comes up. Um, he's born on July 2nd, 1925, uh, to Julianne uh, Wamoto uh, Wamenja and her husband, uh, Francois uh, Tolenga Otachima, um, in the uh, Katakombe region of the Kasai province of Belgian Congo. That is a mouthful. A girl that I used to work with, her son's name was Kasai. So, just kind of to give myself some perspective on the Congo in 2020, I did a quick Google search while we were uh, talking about this. You Googled it, buddy? Well, no, I Googled it so I could see, like, what the, like, the largest, most populous city in the Congo is, and it looks like some shit out of Judge Dredd, like Mega City 1. And according to Google, it is one of the fastest developing, quote-unquote, mega cities in the world. If you look at it from the Google Earth perspective, until you really zoom the fuck in, it just looks like landscape, like it's just grass. Wow. You And then you realize, as you zoom in, what you're seeing are so many houses that it completely covers the terrain and you're actually looking at homes bro the ground floor pictures because there's no like google like drive the google like the street view you just kind of got to go on google photos this place is insane i'd go there i'm not gonna lie i'd go there i'd take a trip there to the congo i don't know like right on the beach it looks really nice on the beach like i i can't even like lie a little bit about that yeah, it, Kinshasa's uh, a pretty yeah, that place. Uh, a major city. Was. Yeah, that's what it was. Oh, Kinshasa. Cause, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because what you sort of have to understand, too, is that, like, conditions were so bad in the Congo. Like, we think that AIDS sort of, like, came about in the 80s or the late 70s. But in actuality, like, AIDS made the jump to people in the 1920s. Mm-hmm. We, we know this from, like, analyzing, like, the DNA right. of, like, yeah. the AIDS virus. Yeah. You can see that, how it is. But... But because conditions were so bad in the Belgian Congo, like, no one realized because, you know, people were were living so poorly that, like, them having AIDS didn't even, like, come up. Because, like, like, your life expectancy with AIDS is, like, your average life expectancy period in that time period because the conditions are so horrific. Like, your average person is going to live to be, like, 50 if you're lucky. I don't know what it it is, but I'm assuming it's pretty low in, in the Congo. 
in the 20s in, in the, the Congo, 20s. I think 50 is even a stretch if I'm going to be completely honest. A lot. I yeah, mean, if you're, that's, if the, you're, that's the conceit of anti-vaxxers. I'm not going down that ro- that road, but you know what I mean? Like, it's no, like, do it. Let well, the hate flow. Well, a lot of, oh, so well, much, of, a lot of like, people talking <laughs> about life expectancy people. sort of doesn't understand the equation that, that derives life expectancy. Right. Is that, like, if you lived in the Middle Ages and you lived past the age of 15... Like, if you actually had, like, a source, like, a steady source of food, it doesn't even have to be good food, you would probably live to be, like, 60 or 70. Yeah, yeah. Um, because because well, essentially what 70, it is is that, at least 60. Is, is that so many people are dying at, at birth or, at, or before the age of 15 right. that it just sort of skews the numbers so severely that, that the people who do live um, it aren't really, like, pushing the needle past, like, 30 or 40. Yeah. yeah. Um, so interestingly enough, his um, he was a member of the Tetela ethnic group, and his uh, birth name was Elias uh, Oketosombo. I don't know about you uh, guys, which, but I love Nutella. It's good. Which is aren't the Tetela uh, the Bantu? <laughs> aren't those is, like uh, the, the Bantu people we talked about? It's the similar. Oh, okay, it's similar. Okay, um, but uh, his it's his not the same part of Africa, right? It's not a different it's, part of Yeah, that. it's much farther north. Okay. Yeah. Um, so his, like, it's the difference between talking about someone from Texas and someone from, like, Ottawa. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Jesus. Um, That's a big jump, so, eh? I mean, d- d- based on what's going on, it's really not that far of a jump. Um, his, his original <laughs> surname translates to heir of the cursed. Wow. Um, I like that. So, That's kind of badass. Heir of uh, the which, cursed? No, it's yeah, not. Yeah, it is, dude. Absolutely. You're the um, son of the person who's cursed? How is that bad? Yeah, that's bad. No. I said it's badass. Is what no, it is. I'm saying like badass, but no, no, no. no that's badass, dude. No, man. My dad's cursed. Had- Look, I walk around depressed and I've got all my <laughs> needs are really being met. You know? But if I was the heir of the curse, I would have a reason to like be kind of like somber and solid. It's a, you know? it, but it's a cool nickname, but man, if you really get into the nuts and bolts of why? <laughs> no, that sucks, bro. <laughs> Nobody wants to be that. <laughs> All right, you're right. Um, he had <laughs> he had three brothers and one half brother. Three brothers. Um, he, his family was uh, the Roman Mark Catholic. Mark movie. And it's a good movie. And he would uh, throughout his uh, throughout his education, he'd be educated at a Protestant primary school, uh, a Catholic missionary school, okay, and finally at a a government post office. That training must have been school. a trip, right? But raised in a uh, Catholic family, educated uh, in a Protestant by school. By faith alone. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, by works. Uh, fuck it. <laughs> well, I just I just think of, um, which, if you guys haven't seen it yet, it's probably the best movie of last year, Belfast. But in, uh, which is about, like, essentially it's an autobiographical film about Kenneth Branagh coming up during the beginnings of the Troubles I didn't when see he was that. a young boy. But he's, uh, he comes from, like, a working class, like, Protestant family. Mm-hmm. And though his father's not, like, like, his family is not, like, like they're not, like, orange men. Like, like they don't like those people, and they don't, like... That's because the like, orange men are disgusting, that's why. But his, not the his father... <laughs> his father, when he's talking about, like, the Catholic Church, he's just, like... Because his father just generally doesn't like the, like, religion in general. But when he brings up the Catholic he's Church, man. he's, like... He's like he's like ah oh, it's a it's a religion of shame and guilt or whatever it is. and then it just and then it just cuts to them like them at like the the boy at like Protestant mass 
and the priest is just telling them how they're all going to burn in hell if they don't go yeah, upon the because right it's path. a religion <laughs> like, of shame and guilt. Just it, that, yeah. that did not change in Protestantism. I mean, yeah, yeah, both of them are. That's why Catholics flagellate or flagellate, flagellate, flagellate yeah, whatever. Flagellate's it is, fine. You, yeah, where you beat yourself. Yeah, you want to you, you want to emphasize the G there because if you say a T, then they're farting. <laughs> Flatulate. Um, no, the uh, I have listened to Frank McCourt narrate Angela's Ashes, though, and it's uh, it is sad. Oh, I looked o- totally off topic. I looked over the other day during an exam. After our exams, you can bring a book to read. This girl was reading uh, The Boy in the Striped Pajamas. Oh, my and God. After, after the test, I was like, hey, have you ever read that before? And she goes, no, somebody just said it was a really good book. I just started it. And I was like, oh. <laughs> and her box I just of walked away. She was like, why is it really good? I just walked away. I was like, yeah, it's an incredibly good book, but um, I just need you to just get ready. And I just walked away. I was like, I can't. I can't. <laughs> anyway, continue. <laughs> So he would he would uh, pass his time at the uh, the government uh, post office training school within a year uh, it, with distinction. Um, he was known for being a very vocal and precocious young man um, who would regularly point out the errors of his teachers um, um, in front of his peers, which he would often be uh, punished for. The government post office training school is that where they teach you how to work as slow as humanly possible and show outward contempt for anybody who wants to be yeah. out there in any sort of quickness. And, and also to push the commemorative stamps. <laughs> they got to make money somehow. The biggest post office in Gainesville never has more than two people working the desk. And at Christmas time, if you're trying to send shit out, forget it. Just fucking forget it. They move we, uh, at the speed of evolution. It is fucking horrible. We <laughs> like, are actually we're actually pretty good in Orlando. I, I'm, I'm kind of spoiled. Like, I remember our friends lived up in Jacksonville. And it yeah. was like the single worst post office I've ever heard of. Like, our friends ship something in the city like within the city limits of jacksonville and it, it didn't arrive at the person's house for over three weeks and then it ended up back at her house not even surprised not i was even like are you serious you guys like what the fuck is yep. wrong with you it's um, really bad man it's really fucking bad anyway. uh Lumumba himself would speak uh he spoke uh Tetele, uh french uh lingawa swahili and uh shaluba shaluba yeah i speak that yeah, God bless you. Tony, Shalu- Tony Shaluba. <laughs> yeah, I say you speak Tony Shaluba. I speak Tony Shaluba, yeah. <laughs> Monk is a good fucking show, by the way. If you haven't seen Monk, fucking great show. I've never seen it. I've seen the previews. And Bro, let me tell you and something. I like Tony Shaluba. It's too. not even like a, a show where you need more than two episodes. You're just you're just in. You're in for okay. the whole fucking thing. It's just great. I So every time I saw the um, previews, I always thought of Monk as like Mr. Bean updated and no. Americanized. No. No. No, because no, because no, Mr. Bean's like, Mr. He Bean's like a hijinks. Talk. Yeah, that's right. Mr. Bean can't speak. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's non-vocal. Okay. Um, so uh, uh, Lumumba himself, he was very interested in the ideals of the Enlightenment, uh, especially uh, Jean Jacques uh, Rousseau and uh, Voltaire. Um, oh. He was also fond of uh, Moliere and Victor Hugo, um, and he would also write poetry. Uh, many of his works that he wrote would have anti-imperialist What's themes. this guy's name again? Patrice Lumumba. Oh, the guy we're talking about. Okay, I thought it was Pat- a different guy. Patrice? Yep, no, we're talk- talking yeah. about Patrice. I like, I'm a big fan. That's what got me into philosophy. <laughs> was, it's um, funny, like, in the fucking 20th century, what got me into philosophy was fucking Rousseau and then uh, Voltaire. For, 
for about 11 years, he would work as a traveling beer salesman in Leopoldville. Uh, and did, a, did the whole city after that shitty king? Steve, why did you tell... You should have told me not to Google the man's name. It's just totally fucking spoiler. Holy shit. <laughs> Holy shit. Uh, what the fuck? And... Wait, wait, he, what do you... Never mind, okay. No, keep know. listening. Okay. <laughs> Don't he Google was, his name. Was, okay. He was also a postal clerk in the uh, Stanleyville post office during that time. Uh, Stanleyville is, of course, named after uh, the... Uh, Stanley, uh, Stanley from, from the Stanley. office. From the office. Lord Stanley and his cup. It's called hentai, <laughs> and it's art. <laughs> of the uh, 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 Mr. Stanley, I presume? Uh, I know Mr. Livingston, I presume. Or Mr. Livingston, I presume. The, the Stanley that found Livingston. So. Oh, okay, okay. Um, in 1955, he became the regional head of the uh, the the Circles of Stanleyville, which was a local sort of uh, group, um, and he joined the Liberal Party of Belgium. The Circles of Stanleyville? Is that like a like a UCB type thing, or...? Yeah, I was really big into improv, you know. <laughs> he he got in kind of deep, you know, because most improv groups are like a cult. Like it's just it's just a scam. Make sure you pay your d your dues. Make sure yeah, you, you gotta you gotta pay your dues, and the only people that really succeed are the people who come from like wealthy families. Mm, that kind of okay. Like like what's her face from the office? Who was the? Uh, oh, who was like uh, the Ellie, bride? Ellie the, Kemper. Yeah, Ellie Kemper and like the Bride of the Veiled Prophet or whatever it was. Yeah. Oh my God! Every time they bring that uh, up, they bring that up a lot on Chapo, and she and it's so well, funny. <laughs> well, it's it's so bad, and like the way she tried to play it off is like you know, like I didn't. Know. I was like, I was like a Delaton back in the day or whatever. Like she she sort of talks like she knew it was bad. Yeah. Like what well, sucks is I what sucks bad. is I like her as an actress, and then you you just find out that she's got like a problematic past. So you expect her to like maybe address it in a manner that's befitting a person who's grown beyond it, but she did not do that. Yeah. Nope. Um, that's unfortunate. So, so after he did a study tour, or um, during that time, he would also edit and distribute the literature of the party, and he would do a study tour of Belgium in 1956. Um, during that time, though, he was arrested under charges of embezzlement for uh, $2,500 from the post office. Um. He was convicted uh, one year later to 12 months imprisonment and a fine. Oof. A fine. That's it? Um, well, I mean, besides after, 12 months imprisonment, but a fine? Yeah. <laughs> after after his release from prison, uh, he would found the uh, movement uh, National uh, Congolese, the MNC party, um, on October 5th, 1958, and quickly became the organization's leader. Um, the MNC, which was unlike other uh, parties originating from the Congo at that time, um, did not draw from a particular ethnic base. That they were sort of like a a large sort of national picture of the colony itself, as opposed to groups within the colony. Mm. Um, he promoted a platform that included independence, um, a gradual Africanization of the of the government, which means that because the government at that time is mostly run by uh, white Belgians, whites. And, and sort of like also like the UK and France also had this where they just sort of had this whole entire sort of regime that was just people uh, who who just went around and maintained the bureaucracy. Like for instance, like Freddie Mercury's family who were Indian, like Freddie Mercury spent a lot of his early life in Africa because his parents were a part of like the colonial bureaucracy. I thought he was yeah, Syrian. Okay. I don't know why. No, he's he's like very far 
Western India, almost on the border with Iran. Okay. Yeah, I could see Irani in him. Because they're, like, lighter-skinned. Um, and they would also, uh... The, the party itself would also favor, uh, state-led economic development, um, and neutrality in foreign affairs. Um, Lumumba himself, he had a disdain for, um, essentially, like, Marxist ideas. He wasn't really fond of them. Um, which will come up later on in sort of how he's sort of, like, portrayed by, uh, the West. Okay, so he does not like Marxism and all that other bullshit. Yeah, he's he's not a big... He, he doesn't really trust, like, sort of, like, Marxism and doesn't believe, essentially, that the Soviet Union will be, like, their liberator. Okay. Of course, of course not. I mean, um, you would have to be a lunatic to think that the Soviet Union would well, be this a liberator, is, but okay. They're not, even, well, this is also, they're not even fucking Marxist. Well, this is also, like, the late 50s, so, like, There's a lot learning, of- about, learning about the gulags hasn't even really come out yet, right. which is, like... When, when the secret speech happens or whatever and, and Khrushchev sort of goes against Stalin, that's when a lot of, like, Western communists sort of turn against, like, the Communist Party because, like, they believe the propaganda before then. Okay. Um, so, uh, Lumumba himself would have a large popular following. This is due to the fact that he was very uh, charismatic. Um, he was an excellent speaker. Um, and he also, like, was very sophisticated uh, ideologically. Meaning that, you know, even though he wasn't adherent to one of these, like, Big Ten ideologies, he was able to sort of, like, tell people, like, what his idea was for the Congo and what he wanted. Huh. Um, So, as a result of this, he had a lot more political autonomy um, than a lot of his contemporaries within... Um, within the Congo and, and sort of like the larger uh, Belgian political sphere because he wasn't beholden to any of these sort of like uh, ideologically based parties. Okay. Um, he would represent the... So he's like an independent. Hurt. He's like an independent then. Yeah, yeah he's a shitty independent. Yeah, he's, he's like an independent, but he's an independent that like actually has like a good grounding and like what he believes in, what his idea is. So like a Bernie Sanders? Uh, yeah, sort of like that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, he would be a representative uh, for the MMC, uh, MNC at the All-African People's Conference, which was held in uh, Accra, Ghana, in 1958. Um, because Ghana itself was one of the first African nations to gain independence. Um, at this conference, which was hosted by the, uh, the Ghanaian president, uh, uh, Kwame uh, Nkrumah, uh, Lumumba would would sort of become uh, more solidified in believing in, in Pan-Africanism. Okay. And, and Pan-Africanism... I was going to say, define that for everyone. And that that's sort of this belief in that, like, in the same way that the European Union exists, that there's sort of this unity between European peoples, it, it's sort of like the same philosophy for Africa. That, that African peoples, though, despite their differences, you know, they all live on the same conference, they can all put aside their differences and they can all work together in order to form a better society. Uh, uh, Nkrumah was also uh, personally impressed with uh, uh, Lumumba's um, intelligence and the ability he displayed at the conference. Um, in October of 1959... So he's a young uh, up-and-comer. Okay. Is it generally yeah, so- considered that he's like a very... Like, well-spoken, well-written man. Yeah, he, he's generally considered to be, like, he's, like, the guy. Like, he's the face Fuck, of... He's that guy. Dude. He, he's the he's face that of, guy. like... That is that guy. Why'd you, you let me Google, dude? <laughs> Fuck you. He's the, 
he's sort of the face of Congolese like independence. Uh, in October, in October oh, okay, 19- wait, 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 wait. So time out. So he's the face of Congolese independence. So this is not going to end well for this guy. God, uh, yeah, he's, he's he's almost like he's almost like a more tragic version of like Nelson Mandela in terms of like he's this guy that sort of like comes up and he becomes this face of of the movement. Due to the fact that he's like one of the most like articulate and it's sort of like ideologically based that, that you can't readily say, you know, he's a tool of some other power. Yeah. Okay. Um so in nineteen in October of nineteen fifty nine, um, he's arrested as leader of the MNC uh for um uh, inciting an anti colonial riot in Stanleyville in which thirty people were killed. Um so he's sentenced to six months in prison. Um, and at the trial start date of January 18th, 1960, um, it was the first day of the Congolese Roundtable Conference in Brussels, which intended to sort of plan out the, the future of, of the Congo going forward. So, Me- wait a minute. Who? Okay. <laughs> this conference is going to be planning the future of the Congo going forward. Who did they have representing the Congo? Well, they have different representatives from different parties and groups. Okay, they're, so they do have of, Congolese representation at this. Yeah, but they, they make sure Lumumba is not there. What a bunch of cunts. Okay. Well, I mean, it's better uh, than, than England and all them dividing up the Middle East after, was it World War One? Like the, the, yes, was it the after, Pino, after sort of. Was it was after, that agreement, the Pinot Agreement, what was it? Yeah, the Sykes-Picot Agreement. The Sykes-Picot they, Agreement, yeah. Where they, they divide up. Essentially, Winston Churchill drew the map of um, the modern Middle East on a on a napkin with a yeah. matchbook. Hey, Winston, do you want to involve anybody from the countries that you're dividing up? No, fuck that shit. Because that's, because <laughs> that's, that's part of like the legend that he did it with a matchbook. Cause that's why you, you have like these straight lines that just run through like desert. Doesn't surprise me. Not at all. Um, so the, because he's not there, um, he's not able to, to sort of be in these talks, but he's still able to win a majority in the December local elections in the Congo. Um, so because of this, um, strong pressure from the, uh, uh, from the delegates at this conference upset Lumumba's trial, um, and he's released and allowed to attend the conference. Nice. Um, on January 27, 1960, uh, the independence of, of the Congo is declared. Um, it said J- uh, June 30th, 1960. As the independence date, uh, with national elections to be held from the 11th to the 25th in May of 1960. Um, in these elections, the MNC won a plurality of the uh, of the uh, vote in the election. Okay. Um, so six weeks after the the independence date of the Congo, uh, Walter Ganshaw van der uh, Mersch is appointed as the Belgian well, this guy's Minister fucking name of African ever Affairs. End? The fuck, <laughs> fucking, well, yeah, uh, so in this date, uh, Walter Gandalf Vender uh, Mersch uh, et al. Uh, et uh, et of a live at Einstein. <laughs> Walter Ganshoff Vander Mersch Oktoberfest. Fucking <laughs> 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 later, Hosen Sausage. Hosen <laughs> Sausage. The third, Esquire. Esquire uh, Count. <laughs> Oh. He, he didn't even do the gulping, gleeping, gleeping, <laughs> What is this, Bloodhound Gang now? That's a band I haven't heard of in a long time. Blooping, bleeping, wobbling, wobbling. I listened to uh, um, The Bad Touch the other day, actually. Oh, uh, man. That's, Good, that's, that's also, a fun song to play um, on the piano, by the way. That's also uh, Van Halen. What? In the uh, 
It, they they say that in, isn't it Van Halen? But they they say that before the one song. Oh yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. The Offspring Which does I, it. They're like, Ooh, did we can do the yeah, yeah. Songs off Americana, and that's where I think they sample it from. Ah, um, so maybe that's uh, what I was thinking of. Actually, is the Offspring. I you think you're right. Thing. I give it, yeah. It's, it's pretty, pretty, pretty fly for a white guy, guy, guy which yep. is a mm-hmm. absolute awful song to come up Terrible. in a discussion of the Congo. I am Terrible. sorry. <laughs> Jesus. Um, so, so Mirsch. Fucking Mirsch, insular ass mind over here. Oh, it's wonderful. <laughs> so Mirsch lives in Leopoldville, and he, in effect, is uh, Belgium's de facto uh, minister in the Congo, um, who he administ- administers the Congo jointly with the governor general. Who is Hendrik uh, Cornelis of of um, the corn of the New England Cornells? <laughs> yes, and and he's also charged with advising the Belgian king, uh, Baudouin, um, on the selection of a, a sort of like leader for. Wait, um, the Belgian king had a single name, like like cool king style. Baudouin, 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 Jesus. Did he have a? Um, did he have like one of those? Sir, I don't know what they're called, but like a title, like Baldwin, like the Bulbous or something. You know, what? Well, I'm sure he had like like Baldwin the Handsome, Defender of the Faith, King of the Belgians. No, but you know, like like, uh, like uh, I don't know what it's called, but you know where they like kind of like either make fun of him or praise him, like you know, Barristan the Bold, you know, like that. Mm. Also, just to I guess they call Queen I, Elizabeth just, Elizabeth the Steadfast. By the way, I didn't know that Elizabeth the Old. Yeah, because she's not because she's not dead, so she's the steadfast, the undying, the lich, the lich, the lich, Elizabeth, <laughs> the lich, Elizabeth Lord, the lich, lich Lord of Leeds. <laughs> but just just so I'm clear on this, at this point, Belgium is kind of like running shit in the Congo, and they have an absentee landlord king who's kind of like, all right, I'll listen to you, I'll hear you out about why we should let you be independent. Are we kind of is that where I'm at right now? Yeah, so it's a very similar process with like Great Britain and France when they don't just sort of like just just like cut ties and run. Right. Um, okay. So uh, they're willing to so, hold on to this because it's a rich area full of resources. Yes, and on June eighth, nineteen sixty, uh, Ganshaw flew uh, to Brussels to speak with uh, Baudouin, and he made suggestions for the uh, for sort of like the leader. Uh, to elect was uh, Lumumba as the winner of the uh, of the elections, uh, Joseph uh, Kasavubu as the um, as sort of the uh, as the opposition leader, um, and and also a or, or possibly a th- a third individual to uh, to sort of unite the competing blocs to rule the country. Um, Ganshoff returns to the Congo on June twelfth, nineteen sixty. Um, and the following day, he appoints Lumumba to serve as the uh, delegate tasked with investigating the possibility of forming a unity government to rule over the Congo, um, and um, and was given a June 16, 1960 uh, date as the deadline to come to a conclusion. So did, did King Padawan then say that he wanted Lumumba to be the guy? Like to be that uh, guy? Essentially, essentially, what he said was like, "You're gonna, you're gonna let Lumumba be the guy who's gonna lead this process of forming a national government for this new nation." I hope they don't. I like this Lumumba guy. I hope they don't make him set up or let him set up everything and then just fuck him over. And be like, "No, you're not gonna be involved." Ugh, why like, so, did you let me Google, fucker? Bro, oh my god, I'm gonna Google him if you don't. No, don't do it. Okay, all right. On the on the same day that he's appointed, 
the the parliamentary opposition uh, coalition to him, the Cartel de Union Nacional, was announced. Uh, though Kasavubu it was sort of like aligned with Lumumba in in beliefs, um, he remained uh, distanced from them. Um, so let me ask you something: If you're having an opposition party to Lumumba's party, what does the opposition party stand for? Like, no, we we want to continue bending the knee to Brussels and fucking well, swap no, on the status quo. Like, maybe it's it's not that. It's just sort of like their ideas of how they're going to take the the colony and also who's going to lead. Like, like it's sort of more the personal. Like, I don't want Lumumba to right. be. The president, because like, because like in America, like we we like to make the difference. It, it, it's more stark these days. But say like in 1992, like if you had to decide between George George H uh, W Bush or like Bill Clinton, like how different are these two leaders and how they're going to take the country? Yeah, like I, like I it's, mean, like, it's like vision, that level. Like, okay, yeah. Different flavors of the same shit. If you got twenty, I, I can't but. remember the name of the African leader, but but he made. Um, he he made the, his quote was that um, that America is a single party state, but in true American decadence, they have two. Yeah, I love that yeah. quote, and I can't. I don't remember who said it either. Yeah. Hey um, Siri, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I couldn't find anything. I like the so, quote of "Hey, listen, Republicans and Democrats is just like choosing which shoe you want to boot you in the ass. It doesn't matter." I like two wings of the same bird. Mm, yeah, it's flying in one direction, and they work together, but they're just on opposite sides of the same piece of shit. Mm-hmm. The uh, the the left wing of the MNC party was also having issues uh, uh, making alliances with left wing parties of um, that were present within the Congo as well. Um, so Lumumba t- attempts to sort of like establish contact uh, with the members of this opposition group of the cartel, uh, but he's unable to establish them. Uh, eventually, uh, several leaders are appointed to meet with him, um, but their their positions are very nebulous. They're they're not actually entrenched as like real leaders within the party. Um, on June 16, nineteen sixty, uh, Lumumba reports his difficulties to to Ganshoff, um, who who extends the deadline uh, for them to form a government and promise to act as an intermedi- intermediary uh, between the MNC um, and the opposition parties. Um, okay. Once Ganshoff makes uh, contact with the cartel, um, he's impressed by their um, by their their sort of like opposition to Lumumba. Um, so, as as the day goes on, uh, Lumumba's mission is is becoming like less and less uh, successful, um, and uh, Ganshoff considers extending the role of being the the informator um, to Cyril uh, Adula and Kasavubu. Um, as, as sort of like these um, opposing figures to Lumumba, um, but um, due to the pressure he was receiving from uh, Belgium and also uh, moderate Congolese advisors, um, he, um, he he sort of doesn't go with this. Mm. Uh, so basically he's like outnumbered. Yeah. Okay. But, but what he does do on the following day is that on June 17, 1960, he declares Lumumba had failed and, and terminated his mission. Um, acting as uh, acting on Ganshoff's advice, um, uh, Badwin uh, names uh, Kasavubu as the the formator. So they set up my boy Lumumba to fail. Long story short. Yes. What a bunch um, of fucking assholes. And and Lumumba, in response, says he threatens to set up his own government um, and present it to Parliament without official uh, approval. Ah, um, it's not going to be okay, man. 
he he called a meeting at the OK Bar in Leopoldville at the OK uh, Corral. He, <laughs> <laughs> He's gonna shoot it out with him. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Americans the, export with, all our shit to other countries. With OK the, uh, Bar, the with OK the big Corral, iron, <laughs> with the big iron on his hip. <laughs> Big iron Six shooters. Game. You just hear the fucking spurs because he's walking through. I'm here to meet one of these people. <laughs> that was the name of um, and Start a good fight, Leopoldville. <laughs> and and he was able he was able to uh, he announced the creation of a popular government with the support of uh, Pierre uh, Mulele, who was a um, who was a left wing politician. So now he's trying to set up so that there's going to be two governments in the Congo. Um, but but what happens is uh, uh, during while this is all happening, uh, Kasavubu uh, is unable to sort of communicate with his opponents, his political opponents, like Lumumba uh, was troubled with. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, Kasavubu like assumed that he would be able to secure the presidency. Uh, so he begins looking for someone to serve as his prime minister. Um, most of them that he considered were friends of his who had foreign support, um, such as um, Albert uh, Kolonji, uh, Joseph Ileo, uh, Cyril Adula, uh, and Justin um, Bombaco. Um, and uh, Kasavubu isn't really able to sort of uh, come down with a final decision quickly. And on June 18, 1960, he announced that uh, he had uh, completed the government with all parties except... Uh, the MNC party wing that's uh, led by Lumumba, and th- so, but they wanted to make sure that the government had representation from all the different parties. Correct. Uh, yeah, it, it's generally considered that they would need the majority of the people to be on board if it was going to work. Because if it gotcha. didn't, it, it could lead to a civil war. Gotcha. Okay. Um. So, in that afternoon, uh, Joseph, uh, uh, Jason uh, Sendway. Uh, Antoine uh, Gazenga and Anasent uh, Kashimura um, announced in the in the presence of Lumumba that their respective uh, parties were not committed to uh, to forming a government. Innocent like Kashimura is that like a Haitian Japanese man? Like Anasent, <laughs> which which Anasent also sounds like a very Haitian name. It does. Um, oh. So on on June nineteenth, nineteen sixty. Uh, Ganshoff summons uh, Kasavubu uh, and Lumumba uh, to a meeting so that they could forge a compromise. Um, and this would fail when Lumumba refused the position of prime minister um, in a, in a Kasavubu led government. Because he wants the Lumumba led government, correct? Yes. Okay. I mean, who, and, who and on, doesn't, you know? It, Not fair. And on, and on June 20th, 1960, um, they would meet in the presence of Adula and other diplomats um, from Israel and Ghana um, in, in order to work this out, but they were unable to come to an agreement. Why the fuck is Israel there? Who the fuck cares <laughs> about it? Get the like, fuck out of here, Israel. You are like, 3,000 uh, fucking uh, miles out of your lane. Fuck off, bro. <laughs> we have nothing Israel's to, like America nothing to do today. You no, yeah, you have no fucking business being here. Get the fuck out. Let these people deal with their own problems. Jesus Christ. Um, Good God! <laughs> so m- mostly, most of the political parties in the Congo though refused to support a government that did not include Lumumba. Um, so eventually, this leads uh, Kasavubu um, to to rally the the PSA, uh, the SCREA, and the the Bau Baket um, to Lumumba, uh, making it um, making it unlikely that he'd be able to form a government, and making it more. 
um, likely that uh, that Lobomba would be able to. So what is he saying? Um, He's trying to get all the other parties to like vote in his favor so that he could still get it even without Lumumba? Yeah, but in but in doing so, he sort of alienates them. Okay. Um, so when so when the chamber meets on June twenty first, nineteen sixty, um, they select its officers: um, Joseph uh, Kasongo of the MNC uh, faction that's led by Lumumba is elected president with seventy four votes, a majority, while the two vice presidencies were secured by the PSA and uh, Serie A candidates, um, okay. who also supported Lumumba. Right. Okay. Um, so as time's running out, uh, before independence, uh, Badwan uh, took new advice from Ganshoff and appointed uh, Lumumba as the uh, the formator of the new country. Hey, Momay, got it. He's running shit. All right. So once, once Lumumba's uh, sort of political bloc gains control of parliament, um, several members of the opposition... Uh, became more eager to negotiate for a coalition government in order to share power. On June 22nd, 1960... A bunch uh, of fucking cockroaches. Oh, wait, he's definitely going to be president? All right, yeah, 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 let's be nice to him. Let's be nice to him. Let's be nice to him. Get the fuck out of here, you cockroaches. <laughs> you mean you mean Lumumba, that, that handsome, smart man? Yeah. yeah, these are Lindsey Graham's fucking great, 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 great descendants. Like, get the uh, fuck out of here. Oh, my God. <laughs> they were... they were well, While Lindsey Graham was, was dressed as a cowboy dancing on a bar for nickels... Uh, <laughs> Um, so on June twenty second, nineteen sixty, uh, thanks for putting that one back in my head. You is that where you got his ladybugs? <laughs> Jesus yeah, that's, Christ! That's he, I, I like that. I like that Chapo put it. That he was essentially like Bang Bang Bart. He was Bang Bang <laughs> Bart. Yeah, that's what he was. They were not um, wrong. By uh, by June twenty second, nineteen sixty, um, he had a government list, um, but negotiations would continue uh, with uh, with political leaders Joseph. Uh, Bali Congo, Albert uh, Delvo, and and Kasavubu. Um, he he offered an alliance uh, to uh, Bakongo um, by giving them minist- uh, ministerial positions uh, for foreign affairs in the middle classes, uh, but Kasavubu instead demanded the Ministry of Finance, a Minister of State, and a Secretary of State for the Interior, and a written pledge of support from. The, the MNC and its allies for his presidential candidacy. Bro, you don't have a fucking leg to stand on to come to the fucking debate table. Are you fucking serious? This guy, listen, Lumumba's being nice enough to be like, hey, listen, I will make sure that your people are taken care of. We'll give you a couple little bullshit positions, but, we'll, you know, we're not going to leave you out in the cold. This idiot is coming back being like, absolutely not. That is, that is unacceptable. We need everything. If you don't give us everything, we're going to act like petulant toddlers. On... Um, by the morning of June 23rd, 1960, uh, uh, Lumumba declared that his government was practically formed. Um, at noon of that day, he made a counteroffer to Kasavubu, uh, who instead responded with a letter demanding the creation of a seventh province for uh, the Bakongo. What? <laughs> Make me a whole other fucking state or I'm not voting for you. What the fuck? Um, Lumumba uh, were forced to comply with this um, and instead uh, pushed his support to Jean uh Balakongo um, and his bid for the presidency. Um, at uh, 2.45 p.m. that day, he presented his proposal uh, for a government to the press. Why are you giving me exact times of days? Are you? Are we about to go into like a moment-by-moment moment end to this guy? Well, no, it's, it's just that all of this is sort of like going down within like a very like fast um, schedule as like sort of these political things are being worked out. Okay, I just don't like it when you start giving specific times because it's like we're building to something now. Um, so as this sort of comes out, 
um, it, it causes some issues, um, and and it sort of alienates some of these like smaller parties. Um, and and as this is all going on, um, at at four p.m. that day, uh, oh Lumumba <laughs> and Casavubu would uh, would resume their negotiations, where Casavubu eventually agreed to Lumumba's earlier offer. Um, though Lumumba, uh, Lumumba informed him that he would not give him a guarantee of support for his uh, candidacy as, as president. Mm-hmm. Um, this resulted in a 37-strong uh, Lumumba uh, government, um, which was very diverse, um, and its members would come from different classes, tribes, and from varied uh, political beliefs. Okay. Um, though they all had sort of a questionable loyalty to Lumumba, uh, most did not openly contradict him um, it, out of like fear for um, a political reprisal or also because they didn't want to uh, affect their own political considerations. Okay. Um, on At uh, 1040 on June 23rd, 1960, at the Chamber Ryan of Deputies, right <laughs> at, the, at the Palais de la Nation in, uh, in Brussels, um, they voted on Lumumba's government. Um, okay. After uh, Kasongo opened the session, uh, Lumumba delivered his bait speech promising to maintain national unity, abide by the will of the people, and pursue a neutralist foreign policy. Um, this was very well received by the deputies and observers, um, and the, the chamber then broke into debate. Um, though the government contained members from parties that held 120 to 137 seats, uh, reaching a majority was not like a very straightforward task. Of course. Uh, several leaders of the opposition um, have been involved in the negotiations um, and their and their parties were never really consulted. Uh, furthermore, um, individuals were upset that they had not been included in the government and, and sought to personally prevent it from being founded. You're um, the opposition. But, Go fuck yourself. You weren't voting. The majority voted for us. Eat shit. Bye. In the subsequent arguments, uh, multiple deputies would express their dissatisfaction um, and their lack of representation, um, and, and river. several several would also threaten to secede uh, from Congo. <laughs> Wait, Among them, secede to there's nowhere else to go in Africa. You're in fucking Africa. <laughs> uh, among them was uh, Kawanji. Uh, who said that he would encourage the people of Kasai to refrain from participating in the central government and to form their own autonomous state. Is this Texas? Uh, one, one, dep- uh, one deputy from uh, Katonga, um, he objected to the same person being appointed as premier and as the head of the defense portfolio. Um, as the vote was finally taken, um, only 80 of the 137 members of the chamber were president, of those, 74 voted in favor of the government, five against, and one abstained. Um, the 57 absences were um, were almost entirely voluntary, meaning that they didn't choose to vote. Okay. So they ran away. Uh, so, though the government had earned as many votes as... Um, so it's just like Texas. We'll get closer to that in the, the second part. It gets closer um, than this to Texas? And there's two the parts? States? Yeah. Fuck. Okay, so he. Okay, the, so you're counting down specific times of days for no reason. You had me scared. This guy was about to get fucking capped, like, soon. Um. So, though the government had been uh, very, very popular in terms of uh, voting... Um, 
the the support itself was not congruent among all the members. Um, and and several prominent political leaders had voted against it. Um, like you do. So, so uh, <laughs> like one does. <laughs> so a, a lot of this is very disappointing to to Lumumba's party. Um, and the session is adjourned at, at two a.m. on June twenty fourth, nineteen sixty. Um, the Senate would convene the following day to vote on the government. Um, after heated debate, um, it was decided. Uh, that in a decisive vote of approval was taken on the government, as uh, 60 voted in favor, 12 against, while 8 abstained. Um, so all of these uh, sort of opposition movements against the, the foundation of the government were all made uh, moot after that point. Um, and with this sort of like broad coalition government, um, the main uh, opposition against Lumumba's government was mainly from the Kasanji wing of his own party. Okay. It's always the Kasanji. I'm sorry, wing, the Kasan. You know, the the Kasongo wing. It's always the Kasanji. No, no, wing. no. It's 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 Kawanji. It's always sorry. the Kawanji wing. <laughs> so listen, Kawanji, I, I, Kawanji. I, I, I'm gonna be honest. I googled this guy. Ah, uh, yeah. Fucking of, I, blew but listen, it, no, 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 no. I didn't. I didn't blow anything. Because I didn't look at anything. I immediately went to Google Images just so I can get an idea of what this guy looks like, Mr. Lumumba looks like. And I would say he looks like a young Malcolm X. Yeah, he does look very similar. He does. So, Steve, to be fair, I just know what he looks like. I did not look at anything that happens to him. I didn't want his, to ruin it. His one picture, though, where he's standing in front of the flag with like, that's the one I'm talking on the about. Book. Yeah, that's yeah, the one I'm talking he, about. It, is, it also has, like, even though it's not the same, it has very strong, like, Michael Scott when he's first made like manager energy where he has like yeah it, it, it looks just has nerdy too yeah it looks as very strong like like i've been made the leader of this country but i like i i feel out of place doing this very awkward yeah yeah anyway i just want to know what he looked like but i did not look at anything about what happened to him how long he was in office i didn't want to see that he was in office for like 46 business minutes before he <laughs> caught a fucking bullet in his fucking ass please don't tell me that so i just wanted to see what he looked um, like so at the beginning of his premiership, uh, Lumumba set about ensuring his two main goals, which were um, independence, um, bringing a legitimate government, um, and um, and an improvement to the quality of life of the Congolese people, and also to unify the country as a centralized state by sort of eliminating the tribalism and regionalism that was not eliminated and in many ways bolstered by the, the Congolese, or by the uh, Belgian uh, colonial authorities. Okay. Um, he was uh, he was also worried about the opposition, um, and that he he decided that if any did pop up, he would have to act um, quickly and decisively so that his government wouldn't be overturned. Like um. So yeah. No, go ahead. So his his first aim to sort of achieving his goal. Was, was to begin a, a comprehensive um, policy of Africanization of the administration of uh, the Congo. Which is probably the right thing to do. As um, you do. Which, which, despite its risks, he believed was, would, in all terms, be eventually necessary. Um, but the Belgians were opposed and to... And by Africanization, he, I'm, you mean bring in the local people, right? Like, not... Like, yeah, so instead, of, instead of people out. from... Yeah, yeah, instead, instead of, of people Belgium. from Brussels, yeah. like like instead of like white people okay. from from Belgium running the country, 
it would be, you know, local Africans, like, sort of, like, like carrying out these posts. This is everything from, like, the guy at the post office to, like, the guy who, like, goes over your taxes. It's like reverse gentrification. Uh, pretty much. Uh, yeah, because gentrification is people from outside areas move in and they fucking try to make everything nice and pretty and shit and destroy land values by driving them way through the roof and evicting the locals. Reverse gentrification would be the locals taking control of everything and building up stuff on their own. So this this policy was I immediately feel you. shut. <laughs> this policy was immediately shut down by the Belgians Sons because because they they believe that this would uh, cause a mass exodus of unemployed bureaucrats. Uh, back to Belgium, where they couldn't really um, absorb them into the government there. So, like, all these people would lose their jobs. They wouldn't be able to put them into government posts back in Belgium. Because, like, the Congo is really, like, the only colony of Belgium. Yeah, but, okay, but they think that people are going to lose their fucking jobs in the Congo and migrate to fucking Belgium? Well, well, well they is that are, what they because, think? because they're, all, they're all, like, white Europeans, and, like, the people that they've been abusing for, for a century have taken over. So, the best bet is, you know, to get out of Dodge, because things probably aren't going to go well for you. Yeah, but are you seriously concerned that people from the Congo are going to travel, like, 5,000 miles north? Well, we have, to, we have to remember, these bureaucrats are not, like, born in the Congo. This is not, like, a South Africa or or Zimbabwe situation. Like, like these are not people who, like, they're not the descendants of settlers. They're, they're people who were literally, like, they put in a job application and they were posted to the Congo. It would be like if people from the State Department, if they, like, if the government just suddenly fired them and you were surprised that they didn't want to stay in whatever country they were, you know, in. Because, uh... like, because these, these people are not, they're not Congolese, so, too, like, the question of, because they're Belgian citizens, this is now a new country. So it's not like they have, like, rights. They, they would have to maybe apply for citizenship if they wanted to. And there are a lot of questions, like, is there even an avenue for that? And then also, too, like I said, like, a lot of these people are probably not keen to, like, stick around in this newly independent African country that they were in charge of, like, brutalizing for decades. Yeah, no. The people going to look at you like, uh, so what's up, bro? <laughs> um... So they were not able to actually do this. So, uh, so Lumumba sort of seeks to uh, appease the Congolese people instead by proposing to the Belgian government that they reduce the sentences of all prisoners um, and then amnesty uh, be given to all prisoners serving a term of three years or less in prisons within the Congo. Okay. Um, um, so uh, Ganshoff, he thinks that this would jeopardize law and order. Um, and he would uh, sort of ignore this request until it became too late for them to actually fulfill it. Okay, are you totally sure that we're not talking about America at this point? Just fucking kicking the can down the road until it's too late. You're positive. Because I, I, I feel like the parallels are just too much at this point. Uh... God, why doesn't anybody ever learn anything from history? Um, and, and because of all this going down, uh, Lumumba be- begins increasingly afraid that um, that the independence of uh, of uh, Congo would not be considered legitimate in the eyes of the average Congolese because they're not really getting uh, any any sort of positive changes like these employment opportunities or also the reducing of prison sentences for for prisoners who are most likely serving uh, sort of trumped up charges. By the way, they do learn things from history, the wrong things. <laughs> uh, fair. Um. So 
Uh, Lumumba was deeply inspired by uh, by uh, Nkrumah um, in Ghana, and he would also sort of uh, adopt many of the ideas they implemented in Ghana um, to sort of try to eliminate tribalism and regionalism in the Congo. That's good. Um, so he worked to uh, make changes uh, through his MNC party, um, and he attended. He intended to sort of uh, combine the MNC with their allies in the parliament, the uh, CERIA, the PSA, and possibly uh, Balu Bukat, uh, to form one national party um, and to build a following in each province. Um, he hoped that this would be more unifying for the country. Um, Independence Day was held on June 30th, 1960, um, in, a, in a ceremony that was attended by uh, many dignitaries, including uh, King Badawin um, and the foreign press. Um, Badawin, uh, he would give a speech that praised the developments in the Congo under colonialism, um, and he would reference the genius of his great-granduncle, uh, King Leopold II of Belgium. Oh, no. uh, the Ignoring all of his atrocities during his rule. You would have to to say he was a genius. Fuck this guy. Are you serious? Fuck um, you, bottom one. The, the, the Belgian... Um, <laughs> Sounds like you're talking about a fucking Star Wars character. Fuck you, Baldawan. <laughs> um, the, the Belgian Doing voice acting for the next Jedi Well, You're not even a Jedi, you fuck. <laughs> I have the high ground, Baldawan. <laughs> I have the high ground, Baldawan. <laughs> um, so the, the Prime Minister of Belgium... At that time, uh, Gaston Philby Luca uh, uh, Aiskins. His name um, is Gaston. Yeah. No. Oh my God. He he reviewed the speech from the king, um, and he thought that this passage praising King Leopold went too far, um, and he wanted he wanted <laughs> whoa, whoa 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 whoa, <laughs> and he wanted he wanted Badawin to drop uh, the reference, but because the king um, his speeches were not controlled by um, by the prime minister. Um, he didn't. Uh, he didn't change it. Mm. Uh, he would also uh, go on in a speech saying, "Don't compromise the future with hasty reforms, and don't replace the structures that Belgian uh, hands um, over to you until you are sure you can do better. Don't be afraid to come to us. We will remain by your side, and give you advice." Um, the president of this newly formed nation, uh, Kasavubu, uh, thanked the king. Uh, Lumumba, who had not been uh, scheduled to speak, he delivered an impromptu speech um, as soon as he heard that shit uh, Mm -hmm. sort of reminded the the Congolese people that uh, that the independence of the Congo had not been given to them magnanimously from Belgium. He was like, hold up, wait a minute, wait a minute, hold up and to read a a quote from his speech for this independence of the Congo although being proclaimed today by agreement with Belgium an amicable country with which we are on equal terms. No Congolese worthy of the name will ever be able to forget that it was by fighting that it has been won a day-to-day fight, an ardent and idealistic fight, a fight in which we were spared neither privation nor suffering and for which we gave our strength and our blood. Right. We are proud of this struggle of tears of fire and of blood to the depths of our being for it was a noble and just struggle and indispensable to put an end to the humiliating slavery that was imposed upon us by force. He went hard Oof. in the paint. Yeah, he did. He came hard. That's exactly what, what you need to say, too. When a king steps out of line like that, you need to be like, well, first of all, motherfucker, we kicked your ass and uh, but, fuck you. But, 
But what happens is, is that all of the European journalists there are shocked by Lumumba's speech. Um, and the Western media at large criticizes him for this. Of course they do. Um, Time magazine uh, characterized his speech as a quote-unquote venomous attack. Ugh. Um, and, <sighs> wow. And, Thanks, and Time. It begins, and it begins sort of talked about in the West. There are fears of the speech as a call to arms that would revive uh, Belgian-Congolese hostilities and would uh, plunge the colony into chaos. Talk about some fucking exaggeratory, just inflammatory journalism. Fuck off, dude. These people literally have been under the, the thumb of the Belgians for how long? And they finally get their own government in times like, and, and all the other white nations. It's just a bunch of... You know, journalists are clutching their pearls saying, Oh my god! Oh my god! It's just a bunch Fuck of Western off. people saying that the black man's getting uppity again. That's basically what they're saying. Well, yeah, 100%. it's essentially, it's the classic, like, the tone argument. Yeah. I, I mean, I appreciate what you're saying, but just the tone. The tone of yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, you back I don't agree with, I don't agree with him disparaging the troops by those actions. You know, it's like, it's like, it's like, uh, Kaepernick. It's Kaepernick, it's like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's like I don't, I don't agree with the tone this of this this uppity athlete. Can't take While the troops Can't. are over there. The, the the real troops are sitting there like this is exactly why we joined the military. So he could. Dude, yeah, you can't but, uh, you can't take a knee, bro, but you can insurrect. <laughs> no, yeah. no problem. Nothing happened here. This is uh, legitimate political dis- discord. <laughs> T- typical smooth you brain can, thinking. You're disrespecting the flag, a, and then the people you can hit a police officer in the head with a uh, with a fire extinguisher. It's fine. You're just upset. Just, it's politics, you know. And, and then just do the inarticulate yelling, build a tree. Yeah, <laughs> you should be you should be exonerated by uh, by the president. You know, hey, listen, the funniest thing is on January 6th, somebody carrying a don't tread on me flag was trampled to death. It's, and I think that's funny. And I don't I will not apologize for him. That's funny. I will not request an apology. Um, <laughs> so Independence Day and the three days that follow are considered a national holiday. Um, most of this is uh, is preoccupied by festivities and is relatively peaceful. Okay. Um, at Lumumba's office, he's sort of overtaken by all the activity that comes with a newly independent nation with many different groups, um, both Congolese and European, uh, reaching out to him. Um, and they, they sort of show up to him, even uh, regular citizens, just just asking for him to fix things. Lumumba? Um, like, like, well, yeah, like, like if you think sort of like, if you've seen the movie Lincoln, and this used to be a thing in like the United States, where like you could just show up to the White House... And like get in line and get like a meeting with the president to ask him to do something. Man, it should oh still it should still god. be like that. Oh my god, it's a Can little kingly, but it, it should still be like that. I would, um, I pay money. I'd literally pay for the. Imagine if, well, well, imagine if Donald things, had to sit there and listen to those requests. Yeah, yeah. Well, okay. well usually oh it's things my like god. because, like for instance, the the example that's in Lincoln is a guy shows up and he's like, well. I was I was supposed to be elected like the postal carrier for this like area, and then this other guy's sort of taking over my duty from this office. Like you need to step in and like stop this like type of deal. Right. It, it's it's the type of stuff that we we generally deal with now, just through bureaucracy. Okay. But like back then, there isn't really one. It's just sort of like, yeah, this dickhole's elected, like <laughs> chief dickhole. This guy's <laughs> this guy's selected like. Like the postmaster for Brevard County, and like he's he's stepping out of line. Like you need to do something to like get him in line. Okay. Um. So, uh, Lumumba um himself is also preoccupied. Every with time you say Lumumba, um, I think of Zamumba from uh, 
coming to America. The great, the great nation of Zamunda. I think it's Zamunda, but oh yeah, it's Zamunda. Yeah, yeah. My bad. Because that's where that that one uh, janitor was from. Mm-hmm. Ray was like so excited to see him, and she's like, "Who is that guy?" He's like, "Oh, he's just a man I met in the bathroom." <laughs> Such a good fucking movie, my god! Um, Rest in peace, Louis Anderson. By the way, bro, yeah. for real, dude. Twenty twenty two is taking them all right now. This is bad. They're just coming back to back. It's just a gift, bro. On, we live in a straight on, line. Yeah. On on July twenty third, Lumumba declares a general amnesty for prisoners, um, but it's never implemented. Um, Pri- so wait, 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 wait! The, general an- general amnesty for prisoners of what? Of the in in the Congo, just everyone. Yeah, like yeah. just just sort of like a general amnesty. Like we're, we're going to start over on like a fresh. Oh well, that's why that like, did, that's not a good idea. <laughs> why not? But but it, it's you also don't know like, if someone's an actual criminal or not. If you just release everybody, it doesn't make any sense. Why would you yes, just? Why 20s, would you just release I mean, every? Come on, dude. No, sorry, the sixties. I agree that like a vast majority of people that are in jail are not being served by, nor should they be in jail. But like, there's no way you can just well, release everyone. Well, it's also the fact that the previous government had put them all in jail. Like, this is all like you still have to judge each case well, on its like, merits. I mean, well, well, yeah, but but you're also getting to sort of like the the fault, like what happened in Italy after World War II, where like the U.S. came in and they let out all the mafiosos. Because they claim they're political prisoners. Yeah, I'm saying that's fucking stupid, and you shouldn't do that. Um, so on, on July th- uh, July third, um, he uh, or on July fourth uh, that morning, he convenes the Council of Ministers to discuss um, unrest that's uh, growing among the troops of the Force uh, Publique, who is the the military of the Congo. Um, many of the soldiers hope that um, independence would allow them to get promotions. Um, and material gains, as you know, that they begin removing the uh, the Belgian officers and begin, you know, promoting uh, native Congolese to higher positions within the military. Hmm. Uh, huh. So, so the the these rank and file soldiers feel that the political class of the Congo um, were were enriching themselves while failing to improve their own situation. Like you do. Um, so, <laughs> like one does, and and many of these soldiers are also uh, fatigued because they've been maintaining order during the elections and just sort of like all the independence celebrations that are going on. That they have to sort of maintain the stability of this country that's formed overnight. Yeah, I mean that's I can see that. Um, and and immediately the the ministers uh, they, they decide to make four committees to study uh, the reorganization of the administration, uh, the judiciary, the army. Um, and enacting a new statute for state employees. Um, they would also devote uh, special attention to ending racial discrimination within the country. So you have to remember this is a black-dominated country that is still like most of the choice political positions and are, are still held by white people. Yeah, which is bullshit. questionable as fuck. Bullshit is the, is, is the word you're looking for. Yeah. Um, the uh, the parliament would also sort of raise uh, the salaries um, of the members of the legislature um, to uh, uh, five hundred thousand um, FC uh, Frank Congolese. Uh, so is that uh, how they did it? They made like a difference between the the francs in different countries. Well, the it's their own currency. Oh, it was their own currency. Like, like, oh, like, okay. Like like U.S. dollars, like. Um, 
So uh, Lumumba, fearing these repercussions uh, that the raise would cause, um, he he objected to this um, and called it a ruinous folly. No fucking shit. <laughs> <laughs> so what so what happens is on July fifth, um, General Emil uh, Jansen's the commander of the force uh, publique, um, in response to um, to the like sort of excitement that's going on within the military, um, summons all the troops who are on duty to Camp Leopold two. Uh, which is, uh, or Camp Leopold II, which is, like, the main military base. Um, he, he demanded that the army maintain its discipline and wrote on a blackboard, uh, before independence equal after independence, uh, to emphasize this. Wow. What? What the fuck? Is um, before independence equals after independence? Yeah, meaning that, like, nothing has changed. Like, you, you all need to act the same way. Ah, okay. Um, so after the um, that evening, uh, the the Congolese soldiers they sack the canteen in protest to to Jansen's uh, sort of like growing them down. Um, he would alert the reserve garrison of Camp Hardy, uh, which was ninety five miles away from the city of Thesville. Um They would try to organize a convoy to send to Camp Leopold II to restore order. We got a great um, but, big convoy. <laughs> but the but before that. <laughs> But before that could be done, the men would mutiny and seize the armor. Ain't she beautiful, Sam? <laughs> Convoy. <laughs> well done. Um, What's that thing going on in Canada right now with all the trucks? The flu trucks. The flu trucks clan. Oh my god, it's so bad. <laughs> so bad. You know, how I know um, about it. The Indian actor, I think he's Indian, uh, from. Uh, from Kim Kim Convenience, I follow him on Twitter, and that's how I heard about that. I didn't know anything about it. Not one drip of it came through. Like the I've, ridiculous like, amount of media that I take in every day. I'm I'm a weird sicko, so I follow these things. So I'd heard about. That's it, what I'm so. saying is that I have like these heavily like well, infested I, RSS feeds that normally I get exposed to everything, and I've never seen a fucking thing about it. I I have friends uh, who are from like Canada, oh, and I okay. see like. I see like the weird like Canadian chuds that like that like post comments oh, and reply so to them, and like I don't like they're they're also from like uh, Nova Scotia, which is which is almost like Canada's like Florida in a lot of respects, right? And and like just just these sort of comments, and it's also sort of the thing like and people pointed out like the saddest thing about the Canadian right is they just adopt all the weird shit from like the U.S. right, like they can't even develop their own conservative political culture. They have to have like three percenter flags and stuff like that and it's like well you you motherfuckers were not the three percent that's why you're canadian <laughs> <laughs> they had like i saw pictures of them they had like goddamn confederate battle flags i was like what the fuck is this shit dude what timeline do i fucking live in you know um but this this sort of uh uprising which will come to be called the the congo crisis will dominate the rest of Lumumba's tenure as um, in the government. Um, so the following day, after all this has gone down, uh, Lumumba dismissed uh, Jansen's as head of the uh, military and promoted all Congolese soldiers one grade, um, but mutinies would begin to spread throughout the lower Congo. Um, although a lot of this trouble was very localized, uh, the country uh, seemed to be overrun by gangs of soldiers and looters. Oh, shit. Um, 
And the media began reporting that Europeans were fleeing the country. Um, Wamumbo would go on the radio and announce, uh, uh, thoroughgoing reforms are planned in all sectors by government will make every possible effort to see that the country has a different face in a few months, a few weeks. Um, in spite of his efforts, the mutinies would continue. Um, mutineers in Leopoldville and, and Thysville, uh, surrendered only upon the personal intervention of Wamumba and, uh, Kasavubu. Okay. Um, on July 8th, uh, Lubumba would rename the Force Publique um, as the Army Nationale Congolese or Congolese. Um, he would um, he would Africanize the force by appointing Sergeant Major uh, Victor uh, Lundula as General and Commander in Chief of the force, um, and chose a junior minister and former soldier named Joseph Mobutu as Colonel and Army Chief of Staff. I want you to remember the name Mobutu. Mobutu. Joseph Mobutu. Okay. Yeah. Um, these promotions were uh, were made despite uh, Lindula's inexperience um, and rumors about uh, Mobutu having ties to both the Belgian and U.S. intelligence services. Ah, oh, he's a fucking spook. God damn it. Um, all the European officers in the army would be replaced by Africans, um, and a few of them would be retained as advisors. Um, I mean, by the following days... That the mutinies would continue to spread throughout the entire country. Um, five Europeans, including the Italian vice consul, uh, were ambushed and killed by machine gun fire in Elizabethville, and nearly the entire European population of Lugelborg, um had barricaded itself in an office building um, for safety uh, following this attack. Uh, so, okay, um, I'm all about the independence, but you can't kill if they're innocent people, like just because they're from the place that you are not really too fond of, you can't just go around killing these people. Um, it's it's estimated that during this uh, period of mutiny, around two dozen Europeans would be killed. Um, and Lumumba and Kasavubu would go around the country trying to promote peace um, and appoint new army commanders to try to rein in um, the mutineers. Oh, okay. On July 10th... Uh, Belgium would intervene, and they would dispatch 6,000 troops to the Congo um, to protect its citizens from violence. Um, most Europeans would flee uh, to Katanga province, um, which was actually the site of most of Congo's natural resources, meaning it was also one of the more developed provinces of Congo. Right. Um, so even though this personally angered Lumumba, um, he condoned the, this action on July 11th uh, provided that the Belgian forces would only protect uh, foreign citizens um, and allow the direction of or, of Congolese forces to do their own work um, and that they would cease their activity once order had been restored to Congo. Mm -hmm. um, that day, the Belgian Navy would bombard uh, the, the coastal city of Matadi um, after it had evacuated Why? citizens, killing Why? 19 uh, Congolese civilians. Why? Because they could. It was their skin color, wasn't it? <laughs> um, I mean, this, ultimately, that's... Yeah. Ultimately, yeah. yeah. This this attack, uh, which is obviously, you know, pretty shitty, um, leads to sort of renewed attacks on Europeans by the Congolese. Um, and shortly after this, Belgian forces would move to occupy cities throughout the country, including the capital, where they would clash with Congolese soldiers. Um so the, the Belgians coming in is just making the situation worse and worse. Um, 
And then on July 11th, uh, Katonga would declare its independence um, under under a regional uh, premier, uh, Moise uh, Tashombe, um, with the support of the Belgian government and mining companies, um, including uh, Union uh, Minerai, which is the main uh, mining company. Okay. Um, All right. Lumumba and Kasavubu uh, were denied the use of Elizabeth Phil's airstrip the following day um, and returned to the capital um, only to be accosted by fleeing Belgians. Um, they sent a protest um, of the of the Belgians deploying in Congo to the United Nations and requested that they withdraw and be replaced by international peacekeeping forces. Um, the UN uh, the UN Security Council in response would pass um, Resolution one one forty three calling for the immediate removal of Belgian forces and the establishment of the United Nations operation in the Congo. Um, so despite uh, the arrival of these UN troops uh, unrest would continue within the Congo. Um, Lumumba requested. That Seems the UN like troops- that's generally the case. By the way, that the UN shows up and then they're just like uh, nothing gets done. Yeah, we can't really do much, guys. Sorry, our hands are tied. We're well, here, I, but we can't do anything about it. It's also the fact that the Security Council of the UN is five nations, and three of those are the United States, Great Britain, and France. Um, so. Oh yeah, that's bad. All right, fair enough. Um, on July 14th, uh, Lumumba and Kasavubu uh, would break off diplomatic uh, relations with Belgium um, because they had asked uh, the UN troops to suppress the rebellion in Katanga, um, but the UN said that they were not authorized to do this under their mandate under Resolution 143. Um, because they're becoming increasingly frustrated with dealing with the Western powers, uh, they sent a telegram to uh, Nikita Khrushchev requesting that he closely monitor the situation in the Congo. The fuck? Okay. And we will leave part one there. This ongoing... This ongoing crisis in the Congo and Lumumba reaching out to the Soviet Union. I like this. Oh, no, they actually did reach out. I mean, who are you going to reach out to? The United States? (laughs) Well... No. You'll, you'll have to see what happens in the next installment. And, uh, I'm kind of excited. Listen, I've never heard of this guy before. He's actually like pretty fucking cool, which means something really shitty is well, going to happen to him, I'm sure. It's, well, it's one of those things, too, that I think a lot of Americans take for granted. And it's also the fact, too, that the founders of America were, were from like an aristocratic class. So they themselves were not like actually aristocrats. They were, they were all very wealthy. They were all very educated. They were essentially pissed off that they couldn't be aristocrats no matter what they did. Um, mm-hmm. And that we kind of pretend, you know, in the United States that, like, the Constitution was delivered to the founding fathers on the mountaintop, like the Ten Commandments, when in actuality... It was like, written by a bunch of syphilitic slave owners. Like, what the fuck? Well, well they, they also just sort of copied, like, the Magna Carta and just, just sort of, like, modernized, like, a lot of essentially what was British law at that time to, to sort of, like make a system that has more checks and balances than the British system did at that time. Right. And, and then that we look at places like Africa, where, as you can see from the way that Belgium treated the Congo, they had set it up to fail. Like, in all cases, every former European colony after, like, the 18th century 
the Europeans know that they're eventually going to lose these places or could possibly lose them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they do everything in their power to set them up to fail. They set up every obstacle. They set up all these sort of redundancies so that if independence does happen, that these states are going to be unsuccessful. And what happens today is you get people like Donald Trump, which most of his is sort of by racism, where he calls like, these countries like shitholes. Yeah. And it's like, well, the reason why these countries are that way which which one they're not they're often not as bad as they're described as being and two it, it's because these european and western powers Have like set them, them yeah. set them up to fail and then then after they set them up to fail they just point the finger and say oh look should have got look it how together bad it is there yeah well damn they couldn't get it together um i i would say 60, 50 years ago, they would say, like, oh, it was so much better under the, uh... When the whites were in control. When no, the whites like, ran shit. Ugh. Well, like, uh, my, my dad worked with a guy who worked in the CIA in, like, the 50s, and he was in Africa. Um, and, and he would sort of, like, my dad would say that he would sort of talk about places like Kinshasa, and he would say that, like, before the Europeans left, you know, the cities were, like, much nicer, like, they had, like, all these palm trees, like, they're very well done, and then after, like, the Europeans left, you know, everything gets ripped out. But it, but it's also sort of like the Dune-type thing, where it's like, well, you know, you're, you're expending all these resources to make this place look, look nice at the expense of the people, like... Or you could just gonna, give the people running water, food, yeah, electricity... You, you, can, you can either Ryan, choose to, like... don't be ridiculous... <laughs> Fuck yeah, you, you can either you can either choose to like treat people well or you can have like a very nice like boulevard. <laughs> Basically what they did is they took a really rundown shitty neighborhood and they made the neighborhood look real nice, but they did not fix any of the underlying infrastructure problems that caused the neighborhood to be shit in the first place. Right. It's it's essentially it's essentially bar rescue without any of the t- <laughs> Oh that bar rescue guy. Ugh. Gotta hate John Taffer so much. Uh. I mean, I, my, he makes good points, but he's such a blowhard. My my favorite my favorite John Taffer fact is that the robot from Rocky Four with John Taffer's. <laughs> and on that fucking note, I'm done. And I'm out. <laughs> I'll talk to you later. Bye. On that note, good night. Good evening. Good night. Good luck. Until next time. Later.